So welcome everybody to another episode of Laws and Grace. I'm Laws. I'm Grace. And today we're here with our guest, Sydney. And Sydney is an opera singer. I always make a joke about like Sydney Opera House, Sydney Opera Singer. Um, Do you get that a lot? You know what? I don't actually. But my dream, (laughs) my dream is to go to Sydney and sing in the Sydney Opera House. It doesn't have to be opera. I just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Sydney is an opera singer. She's from Texas, but currently living in Montreal um, as a singer with the Opera de Montreal. Um, I didn't say that quite French enough, but um, she also plays the piano and harp and organ, and she taught me voice lessons. And um, she is also basically a career coach, and she's given me great career advice, too. And most importantly, she is a cat mom to Mila, who you rescued, right? She was kind of like a street cat. Yeah, she was like a feral cat. No, she was given to me out of the blue. Just this, it's a long story, but essentially I went to a dinner and left a dinner with a cat. What was she kind of? Didn't she like, she like needed, she was kind of like mangy and stuff though. Oh, she was totally mangy. I had to like have her shaved and get like four teeth removed because they were rotten and she smelled like garbage for the first four months I had her. It was awful. (laughs) That's, that's like a true rescue. Like some people, like when I rescued my dog, it's like, I got this dog that was already pretty well behaved from like a rescue organization but you like rescued that cat. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I I guess it's true. And apparently she's grateful. She like will not leave me alone. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't either if you saved me from all that, but um, yeah, I remember you're like, here's my new cat. And I was like, cute. (laughs) But now she's very cute. She was always cute, but she's very cute now. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. That's, (laughs) yep. That's exactly it. So you're living in Canada and you recently have had a TikTok blow up about your hot take about Canada and Montreal specifically. So tell us about that. I made this stupid TikTok yesterday about um, Montreal because Montreal's on an island and it's kind of like a diagonal, but it's like north and then it goes west. But the way that Montrealers say the directions is like, if you're in the north, that's East Island. And then the west is West Island. But if you're across the river, it does not matter what direction, that's South Shore. And I had a friend who grew up here explain that to me. And I'm like, none of that makes sense. That's completely incorrect. And so I just made like one of those stupid videos about like, oh, something I'll never understand about Montreal and then I I don't go on TikTok during the day anymore I only go on at night after I get home from work and so I literally opened up the app 45 minutes ago and it was like 12,000 people have viewed your video which is like in TikTok term in TikTok terms is not that many but I was expecting like a hundred people to see it and instead yeah here we are yeah because I mean for those out there who don't know how TikTok works because your videos are pushed to literally whoever not just people who follow you but if you have like not that many followers like you have a few dozen right um yeah then you just kind of get lulled into this idea that not that many people are watching your content because they aren't but then it will just start it will push it to people and I think sometimes it can be like because it's something regional or because it's some I don't know I don't know but the algorithm is out there and it at any point like anyone is just one video away from blowing up for good or bad (laughs) (laughs) it's true and yeah I kind of knew like you always especially I knew I was like okay I'm doing a Montreal specific thing and people have hot takes about Montreal um in general even outside of TikTok and so I'm like there is a possibility that this could be seen but like I didn't think about it. So here we are being perceived like I didn't want, but also wanted at the same time. How is yeah. it being received? Is it well received? I haven't even looked at the comments yet. Honest to goodness. I looked at them. They're not too bad. There are some people that are like, 
offended, but I, I think I think you're mostly safe. Great. Um, read the comments. Not worth it. Yeah, don't read <laughs> the comments. But if you want to, so you're on TikTok because you want to be successful yeah. in that way, right? And if you um, if you respond to comments and reply to comments, that's a really good way to continue your engagement. But is that what you're wanting to do? Yeah, because I mean, the whole reason I'm on TikTok, my purpose is to make opera more accessible to mm. people our age and younger. I'm younger than you, but you know what I mean? It's the same. We're the same vibe yeah, of yeah. ages. <laughs> anyway, um, that's the whole reason I'm on there. So yeah, my original plan was like, and I guess still is, is to respond to every comment and just try and like build engagement and maybe I'll be able to use this semi as a way to like start doing that that's the thing too I feel like it, people always blow up that people will have like a topic they talk about and then they talk about one random thing and that's what blows up and you're like no no, no I'm actually here to talk about opera <laughs> that was just a tangent it's true but it kind of like goes along with this like also opera travel I'm living in a city that I'm not from which is very typical for my job yeah talk to us about that so you got a bachelor's and a master's in music and you graduated and now what are you doing you know the question every artist loves what are you doing with that (laughs) what are you doing with the two degrees that you spent six years getting um I am a young artist with Opéra de Montréal or Montreal Opera is usually just what I say to English speakers. I, I say that as if I speak French fluently, which I 100% do not. Okay. Um, essentially, it's like an apprentice program for if you're, it's like a step above doing a degree. And you go and you do more training and you do more lessons and you might have small roles in the operas and then you'll cover the really big roles and you'll do concerts and yada, yada, yada. Um, And you get paid, not a lot, but enough to survive. And that's essentially what I'm doing. And I have a two-year contract and this is my second year. And basically after this, who knows? But that's what I'm doing right now. What, like, what got you into opera? How did you decide that's what you were going to do? Well, I've been singing since I was, like, born. I started taking voice lessons when I was eight. And then when I was 11, I was given an art song, which is basically, like, it's, so if opera is classical singing, like, then an art song is just, like, classical singing light. It's not opera, but you can, like, you sing it in a classical way. So I was given that at 11 and I'm like, whoa, this is like really interesting and really cool. And I like this. It was kind of more of a challenge than doing, I was just singing like Disney songs and musical theater before then. So I just started singing that. And naturally, if you're doing that, then you kind of gravitate, go towards opera. That's like the natural progression. I wasn't, I didn't see my first opera until I was like 16. And I didn't even like it that much, which is hilarious. Um, But I just really liked the act of singing. And then when I was graduating high school and I needed to pick a major, I'm like, well, obviously it'll be vocal performance because what else have I been doing this all for? And then I like found an appreciation and then a love for opera in my undergrad. And then that's kind of where that came from. So what do you say to people that are like well what are you gonna do with that you know I've really only had like one person say that to me and he was like oh yeah what are you gonna that was the first time anyone had ever asked me what I was gonna do with that and I'm like um well I'm pretty sure I I have a job lined up so uh yeah that's what I'm gonna do with that what I want to do with it is I want to sing, I want to perform all over the world, and then I want to like do what I can to make an impact with the singing and the talents that I've been given. And I haven't figured that all out yet, but I'm also still very 
young in general but especially in opera terms like I'm a baby essentially mm-hmm. yeah there's time yeah what is a how long do people usually perform for in opera like in their life wow well it depends on how well you sing not in terms of like your voice is pretty but in terms of technique mm-hmm. if you have good technique you can sing for decades like you can sing and t- you can like be on stage in big houses until like your 60s Mm-hmm. maybe your 70s like people sing forever it kind of just like never really stops it really yeah so it, it's there's a lot of longevity to it once you get there that's nice because I feel like sometimes people think with artists or whatever that well performing artists that's like oh you're like gonna miss your window or whatever which I don't think is true, but like there's there seems to be unnecessary pressure on performers to figure it all out right away. Yeah, well, it's also this because there's this societal idea that if you're an artist, that somehow like is less valid of a career choice and also that you won't make any money, which I mean, there is some truth to that. <laughs> um, but the, this idea that like, oh, being an artist is is risky and which it is and I'm kind of debating my own point, but essentially what I'm saying is like in society, we don't value artists as a true career path. You view it as something that you do when you're like young and like stupid or reckless, or um, you don't, you know, you, you don't, you're not wanting to like settle down into a real job. It's like, this is a real job. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'd like to hear a little bit more about your experience going from not really liking your first experience with opera to now like pursuing your, you know, a career in opera. Like, cause I know for me, like I've been to a couple operas and things like that, but like, it's a very unique style. So I'd love to hear like how you went from not really caring for it to now like loving it and having it be your passion. Yeah, I think that my relationship with watching opera and opera in general is interesting because I did, I didn't like the first opera I saw first. That was the first opera I saw in person was Carmen and I didn't like it, which is hilarious. Cause I that literally was watched too. Oh, hey. at BYU. I think, I think I had to go for a class and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, part of that also makes sense. Cause like student production, but it's funny because like I'm doing a concert in a week and a half and I'm singing a scene from Carmen and I'm singing Carmen in the scene scene. So I'm like, okay, well I should like rewatch this opera so that I can have a better sense of character. Cause Carmen is very complicated as a character. And I'm watching the opera literally today and yesterday. And I'm like, wait, this is really interesting. Why didn't I like this when I was 16? And I'm like, maybe it just wasn't a good production, but it's, I like it now I honestly like I kept doing opera or singing it for a long time because I really enjoyed the act of doing it I like it's like a challenge singing opera is like doing the Olympics and when you do it right it's like amazing and you feel so good and it's like this great way of expressing myself in a way that's like very challenging to prepare but like also very musical and like emotional and deep and I really liked it and it wasn't until I saw La Boheme when I was like 19 or 20 where I was like oh wait first of all La Boheme like is a great opera and everyone likes it um where I was like wow I actually really like this and I think that I could legitimately do it as a career And so I don't know, it's kind of gradual. To this day, I still think most operas are too long and I will die on that hill. Most of them are too long. And uh, I don't like a lot of them. I do like a lot of them too, but like there are definitely certain ones that I'm like, no, this is terrible and boring and I refuse. Thank you. I mean, but that's fair, right? It's like I studied film and I definitely don't like every film. And I definitely look at them and think I would do this differently. (laughs) So. Yeah, um, exactly. What is it? um, 
what has it been like um, as you try and figure out what you're doing next? I know you've done auditions all over the country, right? Yeah. Um, I was, I came back from where I was over the summer and I was like, what do I even want to do with my life? Do I even want to sing? Uh, what do I want to do with singing? And I've applied to, I had um, two auditions for summer programs. So that would just be for like next summer. And that, um, and I have two more auditions coming up for programs that are like what I'm doing now, but just a bigger, more prestigious places. And then I also have an audition for Juilliard to do their like artist diploma program, which is like post-grad type situation. It's been hard. Honest, okay, I say that it was really hard. And then I had this moment about a month ago where I'm like, well, if I don't want to audition for something and if it doesn't interest me, I'm just not going to audition for it, which is very mm -hmm. counterintuitive to like any artist. Usually it's like audition for everything you can because it is so hard to get in. It is so hard to be accepted places that you just need to do it. And I'm like, mm, if, I, if I don't want to live in LA, why would I audition for LA opera, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been a little bit, I'm just like having a lot of faith that it's going to work out because I'm, I've been working really hard. So. Yeah. I think that's like that abundant mindset, isn't it? Where it's like, you can say no to things because you know, something else is out there. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. That's something I've been I like I think I first heard about that like the whole mindset thing from some like some guy at some conference right being like you can do this and then you're like this sounds like it's not a real thing but that it really is like you have to just trust that the opportunity that's right for you is out there and that suffering and being miserable in another opportunity is not actually going to help you in the long run it's true it's like that TikTok um, mantra or whatever that was going around like mm -hmm. a month or two ago where it's like, I do not chase, I attract. What is meant for me will find me. And I truly embrace that. I'm like, if it's meant for me, it'll find me. Like, you know, what's, what's crazy about that? Because, yeah, it was trending a couple months ago. That video was actually over, like, I think it's about a year old. It was like from October 2020. And when then it started trending again, because I'm very much on TikTok, I'd seen it back then. And then it started trending again. And I'm like, this is something that's resonating with people now. Um, it's been around for a long time, like that idea, um, the law of attraction or whatever. But um, I'm like, this is definitely resonating with people now. And we know there's a lot of people now trying to like, you know, quitting jobs, trying to find better jobs, trying to find trying to make better lives for themselves so I just thought that was like interesting and like TikToks they come to you when you need them <laughs> they truly truly do it's like one of those TikToks that it's like this has no hashtags if you're meant to see yeah. this you know? Which it's like I'm very remin reminiscent of those like forwarding emails that you reminds me like old memes before they were memes um so so you're a career coach and you're in this like career yourself. Um, do you feel like you have to coach yourself through your career? And like, what kind of things do you tell yourself as you're navigating? Oh my this? gosh, a hundred percent. Also, am I a real career coach? I'm training to be one. I'm, yeah. am I trying very slowly because who has the time? Um, no, 100%. 100% I do. Because especially when it comes to things like networking uh, uh, or social media, especially. I'm like, Sydney, if, I, if you were telling someone else, like if they came to you and they're like, I need advice on what to do to like find a new job or like, or follow or like find out what I really want to do in life or blah, 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 blah. I would say this, that, and the other. And then I'm not, if I'm not even doing it in my own life, then like, what does that mean for me? So yeah, no, absolutely. I'm like, Sydney, no, you have to, if you have a goal in mind, you have to do these things. 
in order to achieve that goal. And it's kind of hard. Welcome <laughs> to life. <laughs> I know you say you're in training, but you've given me really good advice um, when it comes to uh, career stuff. And I'm trying to remember it now. <laughs> Because last time we talked, we talked about uh, when we were talking about creating and I was like, I don't know how to make something that is, I was like, I'm writing a musical and I want it to be like inclusive and so everyone can relate to it and it's not divisive and blah, blah, blah. And do you remember what you told me? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I don't remember, but I'm, I would, was it something like you should just write it and if there's a problem then handle it when it comes pretty much yeah which I feel like goes back to your tiktok <laughs> I'm gonna say the same thing to you <laughs> oh my gosh uh, you have please, to I need hit. to hear my own advice please yeah. tell me <laughs> you have to create stuff and then let whatever happens happens right that's true so in that like regard how does how does one make a career out of opera is it through like performances through albums social media good question that a lot of us in the opera world are trying to figure out it's um the traditional path is basically doing what I'm doing and then eventually you get signed to an agent and then you start doing small roles at opera houses and then you kind of work your way up and you just start singing and performing um not that is like the very very slim portion of people who are able to do that a lot of people end up doing or at least I should say it's like 0.02 percent of singers actually end up being like big opera stars and the other people who are performing regularly might not be like super famous in the opera world, but they're like getting work and they're getting paid and that's great. Um, in Germany and Austria, they have a system where you like work for a theater and they pay you a salary and you get healthcare because it's the EU. So they get, you know, Germany and Australia, Australia, oh my gosh, and Austria. Um, and so they call that doing like a fest contract. So that's always an option. A lot of Americans are kind of like, ooh, let me like hop over and get healthcare and then consistent work and a consistent salary. And then of course, like a lot of people teach and a lot of people like do other correlating careers to like help fund being able to sing. Some people end up working for church choirs or do concert work. They'll like go and travel and like sing with different symphonies yeah there are like it's it's pretty adaptable to what you want it to be it's not just like one thing yeah so what do you I mean we kind of talked about this earlier but like what do you want it to be your ideal like if you could make a career out of opera what would you be doing I mean like I, I think I would be performing regularly because when I perform is when I feel the best about my career choice in general. Um, yeah, I, I want to perform and I want to be just able to share what I can with other people is really at the end of the day, what I want to do. Um, yeah. And also I, I really just want to be really good at my craft for me. Like I want to be like, oh yes, I have trained enough that I am at like the peak performance, that I, the peak performance, the best singing condition I could possibly be in. Um, yeah, that's my goal. It's a pretty good goal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it just like will take me a very long time to achieve, but no big deal. That's good though. Then you don't have to worry about it for a while, right? Like you're working on the first part of things and and that will take you for however long it takes you. <laughs> and like you said, you're still young. So you got time. Oh, so much time. Yes, let the record show. She's very young. <laughs> um, what are, like, what do you think is the biggest thing holding back artists from pursuing a, a career in art? 
well, I know the biggest fear, hold, I said it, the biggest thing holding me back is fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's, it's that same way for everyone, but uh, maybe it is talking to some of my colleagues at uh, work. It's, life has a lot of uncertainty and the life of an artist has even more uncertainty because a lot of what you do and whether or not you're successful has almost nothing to do with you you can work really hard and do the best you can to like be the best singer the best like artist the best whatever that you can possibly be but then it's kind of up to other people to decide like oh yes you are good and we will hire you and I think that for me what held me back and still does occasionally hold me back is this idea of like being afraid of the unknown or even sometimes afraid of success too, which is, uh, I think, a more prevalent fear in my life currently. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, it's it's not uh, great. It's not the best uh, thing in my life. So why are you afraid of success? I don't know. I think that there's this, it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for. Or when you wish for something and you finally get it, you're like, ah, this isn't what I expected it to be. Right now at the job I have, like this is what I've been working toward the whole time I was in university for six years. And then I finally got it and I got here last year. And I'm like, is this what I really want to do? Granted, it was also like the middle of COVID and like there were no performing opportunities and everything was really awful and closed down. And I was in a new country and blah, 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 blah. Um, but I think there's this idea, it's like, if I end up becoming successful, then what's after that? What other goal do I have to achieve? It's like, I'm sure that I will find that along the way. If I really do end up achieving this like great success that I really want to achieve, but there's kind of a lot of fear in that and knowing that like at one point this is going to end. Yeah. It's, it's scary. Yeah, I've talked to my therapist a lot about this fear of success. And I was like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like everybody wants to be successful. That's what we're all striving for. And she was like, well, the more successful you are, the more you open yourself up to criticism, right? Okay, but that's like literally what were we just talking about with the TikTok? TikTok. (laughs) Literally, it's like the stupid example, but it's so on the nose. It's true. As soon as you like have a lot of success people just criticize you and here's the thing is I am criticized every single day for for singing it's just what you are as a singer as a young artist like every single lesson every coaching every rehearsal you go to someone is going to tell you that what you're doing is wrong or could be better and uh, you have to develop a really thick skin but it does wear down on you after a while to the point where it's like listen, I'm totally okay with receiving feedback at my job, but I don't want to be criticized constantly in other areas of my life. And it's true. Like having this TikTok is like, there could be some people who will criticize me for my comments. And even though I don't really care, I also am not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. I've like had it up to here with my criticism for the day and I don't want to overflow. That's fair but it seems like if you don't care if it's something you don't care about then you shouldn't care right I know but is it that easy when it's your like mind and your psyche can you just tell yourself not to care it's never that easy (laughs) I wish it was that easy when you go into auditions do you do how do auditions go do you do like 16 bars or do you do do you get to do a whole song or like no it's um basically you prepare four to five arias and sometimes they ask for a musical theater or another song but like usually four to five arias and you print it out and you go into the room and you hand them your list and then you you choose the first song that you want to start with and then they go down the list and they're like okay now we want to hear this and then you sing that and that's how it goes you sing two songs Oh, okay. Yeah. So the like whole four to five 
arias that you have to have prepared, we usually call an audition package. And it's like you have to have a mix of languages and styles and composers and blah, blah, blah. That's crazy. So yeah, sing us one of your audition pieces, part of it.
I feel like whether you like ABBA or not, it's like you can feel the technique. You can like tell that there's so much technique there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Fun fact, when I was little, I used to like walk around the house and like pretend to be an opera singer. Like, I mean, I don't think I'd actually have any lyrics. I would just be like, you know, like constantly <laughs> like, and I used to like pretend that the, anyway, I always thought that was so fun to be like, play with my voice. I'm like a horrible singer, but like I play with my voice and pretend to be an opera singer. And then one day I was like, you know what? This is not my skill set. I love it. I love it. And I don't think anyone... I think everyone can learn how to sing. I don't think anyone is just like always a bad singer. I mean, you taught me, so. <laughs> You're not a bad singer. And I did improve. Actually, I would do a plug for taking voice lessons because I was 31 <laughs> and was like, I want to start doing things that I don't do or don't think I'm good at. When I was very little, people told me I was not good at singing. Um, so hashtag childhood trauma but um you taught me like you taught me some skills that like can be applied that sounds really dumb but I think people think with singing that there's like oh people just know how to do it but it's like no like you taught me useful stuff that now when I'm like singing in the car or whatever I'm like oh yeah like I should do it more like this like Sydney taught me Wow, that's so beautiful. I'm so happy. That's all I could ever ask for, honestly. <laughs> You've improved <laughs> my car karaoke you. skills immensely. <laughs> I think that's like, I think that applies to a lot more people because I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not a singer or whatever, like, you know, but like, I remember like loving to sing when I was younger and stuff like that. And then I think I might've been like in high school or somebody, something and somebody's like, you know, you've got a very good voice. And I was like, oh, oh no. So I just like, you know, stuck to like the choruses and the theater productions that I would do and things like that. I'm like, I'm not good enough to be a soloist or whatever. And I'm like, I know I'm okay, but I'm not like that good. So taking voice lessons has actually been on my, like, I've always wanted to do it. I took a like basic vocal skills class in college and afterwards someone came up to me after my final and was like, you have a very beautiful voice. And it was like, awesome because you know a couple years before I'm told like you don't have a very good voice and then you know somebody's it's like you have a very beautiful voice and I was like thank you <laughs> it was my basic vocal skills class <laughs> I, love, I mean I taught that class at BYU did you really that's awesome yeah, I mean like it's, it was a super fun class to teach because it's all it's again like it's just these people who just want to be able to sing and I think as an adult too like when you finally have discretionary income and you can start it's like a fun way to just be creative or like have an extra hobby that has nothing to do with like anything else to do in your life oh my gosh sorry that's my cat um yeah you should do it that sorry was so Canadian <laughs> Which is also hilarious because I didn't even grow up in Canada. Here I am appropriating the Canadian accent. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> that's just that one word. Um, it really, truly is. That's amazing. Um, how do you think people can overcome this like fear of whether it's oh I can't I can't do this because I'm bad at it. I can't do this because I'm for whatever reason how do people overcome that well I think part of it is just like trying it anyway with a lot of my students especially when I teach like one-on-one -on -one, it just has a lot to do with um having someone believe in you number one be like you can do it I believe in you um I'm here for you. We're going to like, and, and kind of acknowledging what you already do well, and then kind of just continuing to explore. It's hard with singing, right? Because it's so vulnerable. I think it's way more vulnerable than playing any other instrument because it's literally you, you are the instrument. Um, so I think part of it is like, yeah, having, having encouragement, having someone believe in you. And then also, um, just just not being afraid to to fail at it not fail because you can't 
just like mess up and make mistakes and be like, and then also recognize like, no, I can improve and I can still do better. And that's okay. I don't know if any of that was helpful. <laughs> do you, okay. Do you have any like basic tips? So if any of our listeners are out there, like I need a few tips to help improve my, my singing, what would be like your go-to tips to improve your singing? My go-to tip, uh, number one would be to take a good breath. <laughs> Lauren is like, yeah, <laughs> uh, to take a good breath and really make sure that you're like using your breath when you sing. A lot of times we like take very shallow breaths just in general in everyday life. And you can't really do much with that if you're a singer or just trying to sing well in general. So like taking a good breath and then making sure that when you sing, it's like you're actually using the breath and not being afraid to be loud too. A lot of people are very timid. They're like, I cannot, especially if you come from a choir background, which I do as well. It's you're like, oh, I have to, I have to be quiet. I have to blend. And it's like, no, just like, just sing loud. And most of the time I guarantee you it's not going to be too loud. And I think that those are my two big things that I like teach all my, all my beginner students. I love that. Be loud. Take a deep breath. Yeah, or don't do be afraid to be loud. Yeah. Don't be afraid to be loud. Just like go for it. Pretend like you're like shouting across the street and then sing in that same place. I love it. Great. Thank you. Great tips. <laughs> I'm already feeling more confident. <laughs> love it. Yeah. It's, I don't know like what you tell people because it's like the, the thing about doing things is you have to do them, right? <laughs> you have to. <laughs> The thing about having confidence is you have to be confident and it's like, but how? And it's like, you just do it. You just try. It's true. And that's hard. It's hard to keep consistently doing things in general, voice and not voice. And it's, it's hard. What's the scariest thing you've done recently? Download a dating app. Oh yeah. Tell us about that. What's it like in Montreal? Uh, I wouldn't know. I haven't been on it that often. No, me, <laughs> and my, me and my friend were both like, okay, uh, you need to put your need to put ourselves out there. If I want to meet someone in general, then I need to start preparing to be vulnerable in a romantic sense because I love friendships. I'm like all about let's vulnerability and friendships all day long, but like in being romantically perceived absolutely makes me want to melt and dissolve into a thousand molecules. Like I do not want it. I'm like, okay, I need to get over that if I eventually want to find a partner. So we downloaded it on Monday. We like kind of started trying to like, cause we downloaded Hinge, right? So it's like, you <laughs> like people, you don't swipe. We kind of tried to, and then we, both got overwhelmed and we didn't do anything and on Wednesday I think yesterday I sent like one singular like to someone and then I have not checked the app since then and it has uh yeah been the scariest thing that I've done in a while my big risk that's impressive doesn't hinge have the audio responses now <laughs> they do they do I haven't like listened to any of them because like not a ton of people are using them yet at least not that I've seen but yeah. Have you, did you use audio responses? What are, what's your profile? Absolutely not. My profile is, <laughs> I want to change my profile. <laughs> I like, I created and I'm like, yeah, this is good. And then now that I've like seen a little bit of what's on the app, I'm like, okay, I'm going to change this to better fit my vibe. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Have you ever used a dating app before? I think I downloaded Mutual like once and I deleted it like 30 minutes later. Yeah, yeah. I have <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense, yeah. No, I just like, I my last relationship was four years ago and I love being independent and I love, like, I am, I do not desire, like, 
in general, like on a day to day basis, I don't desire like, oh, I need to have a boyfriend. I need to like be with someone. But in the long term, I do. So I'm like, okay, I need to I need to start now. Yeah. Also relatable. (laughs) Why do you think that things like TikTok or dating are scarier than singing in front of a giant audience? You know, I think it's because I've actually practiced singing in front of a giant audience many, many times. I've been taking voice lessons since voice lessons since I was eight. That's the majority of my life. I've had a lot of practice doing these things. And so it doesn't freak me out as much anymore. Of course, I get nervous before performances, but it's not debilitating most of the time. And uh, I am not used to, number one, posting on social media, much less having anyone perceive me on it. And uh, same thing with dating. So it's, I just need to practice doing it. There you go. Goes back to practice. I hate it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Goes back to this idea that you just got to do it. It's true. It's true. You just have to do it. And it's hard. I got married when dating apps just started becoming a thing. So I think I had Tinder for like maybe six months to a year. I never have any desire to go back. That's all I have to say. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things <laughs> where at first, a couple of years ago, I would have been like, oh, stigma, dating apps, like this is lame. But I literally went to a wedding two weekends ago where my friend met her husband on a dating app. And then I was staying with a friend who met her husband on Hit, who met her long-term boyfriend on Hinge. My best friend met her husband on Mutual. And like I can name, I can think of like three other people off the top of my head who have met their husbands or significant others on a dating app. And so like, it's not just this like, haha, it doesn't like really work thing for me anymore. I'm like, well, obviously, especially in my line of work, I'm like, I go to church, I go to work. And that's pretty much it. And I know who all of the men are. And like, none of them are potential partners. So it's like, so if I want to date someone, I have to go on a dating app. Like I'm not going, it's COVID. Where would I go to meet anyone? Yeah. yeah. I think once you graduate, it's a different ball game. Like when you're in school or in other situations, you're like meeting tons of people. But it's funny because I was just thinking, I should get back on and I was like you were saying it's like this person tells you a story this person tells you a story and now you're talking about it (laughs) and so I'm like do I need to get back on dating apps I think like I I I've like okay I I know kind of what I'm not kind of like I know what I want and I, I know what I'm looking for and I know what I'm on there for and I think that that makes it easier I say that and yet here I am (laughs) You got your whole life planned out. So what are you looking for in case anyone anyone wants to hit me up? Yeah. I really like, I I want someone who's like fully on the same level as me. Not me being like, oh, I'm like on such a high level. But just like, just like emotional maturity, just like life maturity. And just like really wants to like team up and be a partnership. That's really what I want at the end of the day. Is that too much to ask? Good to me. <laughs> you know what? It's, is it too it much? Shouldn't to ask? It, it shouldn't like, be. It shouldn't be by any means. It shouldn't be. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Not haven't found it yet. Um. Well, that's that's good. Um, and wishing you all the best in finding <laughs> that person. Thank you. I'm not expecting be. to find a boyfriend on this app, but here we um yeah thank you that's good because if you say that then you will that's like the start of every wrong rom-com i'm not expecting to find someone and then it always happens when you least expect it (laughs) yeah so you've got your career planned out you've got your love life planned out and everything is just going to work out great for you yeah amazing nothing bad will happen in between here and that point it'll all be smooth sailing yeah no detours exactly manifest <laughs> it make it happen yeah it's manifesting hardcore this is the, this is what we there. do now on this podcast we make it, people's dreams come true send the, send the vibes out um well thank you for sharing with us about 
your career and your personal life and your TikTok insecurities, which I think <laughs> everybody has. Um, is there is there anything else you just it could be about anything that you just wish everybody knew? That I just wish everybody knew. I I don't know, like maybe there are probably lots of things, but on the vibe of this conversation, I guess that I just wish everyone knew that like they could do something in their life that makes them happy. Like, especially in terms of a career. Uh, and it doesn't have to like obviously be dropping everything and becoming an opera singer, like what I'm doing, but just said that like you can you can be happy with your career and what you do in your life. Yeah. How? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, valid question. (laughs) Well, honestly, like, honest to goodness, a lot of it it comes from, like, sitting down and finding out what you really need in your life and, like, what you truly love to do. And then what those things that you love to do, like, what that brings into your life. Like, singing to me brings a lot of like freedom of expression and ability to like impact other people and that's what I love about it and so if for some reason I ever like lost my voice one day and couldn't sing I would then take those things that singing does for me and I'd find another job that I could still fill those needs in and I think that kind of like going on that journey of self-discovery is the first step in like finding what you can do in your life that will bring you ultimate fulfillment and happiness. I like that. So it doesn't have to be like writing is my passion. And so I have to do that. It's more like, what is the thing about the thing that you like so much? Yeah, pretty much. It's like my dad calls it like core needs, finding your core needs. Actually, speaking of that, I have one of my best friends like loves writing. She's a writer, actually. And she over the summer was like, I hate my job. I don't know what to do. And so I was like, okay, like, let's work on this. And she ended up realizing that like her deep seated needs had nothing to do with writing. And we're all about like creativity or like something like that. And then she realized she's like, oh, my gosh, even though I love writing, I don't have to have a job in writing in order to be happy. And then it like opened up new opportunities. And she still is a writer, but like now she knows that she doesn't have to just like stick with writing. So, yeah. How do you help people figure out those core needs? Well, there's like a whole like exercise that specifically my dad came up with because this is all his methodology but it's essentially like you you write down what do I love to do and you like write down all of your like I love singing I love hiking I love fishing whatever I do not love fishing and um then you're like okay when I do these things like what does that do for me it's like singing like I said does gives me you know freedom of expression blah 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 And then you essentially, like, once you write down what everything does for you, then you start grouping it into categories and be like, okay, so what are the, like, overall defining characteristics of this? Um, And generally, it boils down to about, like, three to five, like, deep-seated needs that you have and you need in your life, not just, like, your career, but, like, in general life to be happy and fulfilled. And obviously, this is, like, a grand simplification of this exercise but I did this exercise a couple months ago and I realized that like my biggest core need is to just have an impact in whatever I do and if I'm not having an impact in my work then I'm not fulfilled and I'm unhappy which is why I was so unhappy last year when I first got my job in Montreal because like I wasn't performing I wasn't really seeing that many people because we were on lockdown most of the year and so I was like super unhappy because I wasn't able to make an impact and uh yeah and luckily now I feel like I am which is why I'm much happier thanks for that rundown on that I think that a lot of people (laughs) dog um I think a lot of people go back and forth uh, on this like 
your work has to be your passion. Your work can't be your passion, blah, blah, blah. And I think the way you described it is like, it's not one or the other of those. Like people try and make it like one or the other. Like you can't do your job if it's a passion or whatever. But like you said, it's like getting the fulfillment you need out of life, whether it's from your job or from something else, right? Exactly. And I think a lot of times like, this idea of follow your passions, it's like a mis, it's misconstruing what that, well, people, I don't think people actually really understand what that means. And then they don't know how to implement it in their life, especially if they feel like they don't have any passions or if their passion is like, well, I like watching YouTube videos. So how can I make that a job? It's like, well, it, it's deeper than that, right? It's, and I think it's like, so I wish that we like taught more people this in, like school or like high school or college or something and I'm lucky enough that like I had my dad was like this is his thing this is what he does with like his his career um but yeah like actually understanding like no break it down to like the actual like deeper innermost core of like who you are and what you need and that's like truly what will help you be fulfilled your passions are just how you manifest that need that's super cool. But yeah, hearing um, Sydney has performed or did perform in church a couple times and it brought the audience to tears. No exaggeration. <laughs> so her voice live is something to behold. So, um, well, I know you said you don't want to be perceived, but what, do you want to um, shout out your social media or anywhere that our followers can yeah, um, sure. find you? Yeah, I'm on TikTok at sydney fraudsham my first and last name and uh instagram same thing and i also gained some instagram followers from that tiktok thing too funnily oh, enough hilarious and uh yeah they're finding you okay yeah give sydney a follow um we're excited to see where your career takes you next whether it's new york or wherever else i can't remember where the other places are D it's dc or houston oh where were you in New York? I was I was auditioning for a summer program, but oh, also okay. I'm also auditioning for Juilliard, and that's gotcha. Art, so, yeah. So we'll follow you to all the places you'll go performing around the world, and um, also for great career advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It was weird to talk this much about myself and my life for like an hour. That was. N not used to that but i enjoyed it and i enjoyed it as well yeah it was enjoyable getting to know you and hearing a little bit more about your passions and your talents good luck to you yeah i think you have a lot to say every time i talk to you it's interesting so <laughs> glad you joined us thanks for having me it's been fun thanks everybody for joining us on another episode of laws and grace and come back next week